With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. Here we go. Welcome to another Regulators Podcast. My name is Waldo, and holy shit, what a night. I think that uh, if you watched the NFL draft last night, hopefully like me, you were very impressed with the production level, the excitement. I was worried they were going to shit the bed a little bit. I was very concerned about Andy Reid trying to operate a webcam, but we got it done. We made it through, and it was a great fucking night, especially if you are a football fan, or more specifically, if you are one of the Dolphin fans who fell into the Tua camp and you had your man crush uh, sent to Miami. Hopefully you're jacked for night number two as well, and uh, let's get into some of these picks here. So I think, no surprise, obviously, Joe Burrow goes number one overall. I think everybody saw that coming. Uh, That was just too much much to pass up on for Cincinnati. There was no way, I don't think, that uh, the fans wouldn't have burned the building down for letting a native Ohio guy with the potential of Joe Burrow go anywhere else. So the Bengals got their guy. I think it will be very interesting to see how quick they rush him in, like we've talked about on the show, whether they will actually let him sit behind an Andy Dalton, which I think would benefit him the most, or if they trade Andy Dalton or make another move or do something else. Um, We've talked about it on the show before. Correlation there with the quarterbacks who step right in versus the ones who get to sit behind people like your Mahomes, your Aaron Rodgers, different guys who get to sit and kind of learn from the veterans. So either way, the Bengals, no surprise, get their guy. Uh, At number two, I think we all knew Chase Young was the best athlete and player in the draft overall. I think Chase Young is going to be great for Washington. Again, Washington now has a lineup of first-round defensive linemen that is unparalleled in this league. So if they aren't the fiercest defense uh, this year, then then something really broke down there. Now at three, of course, you had Jeff Akuda going to the Lions. I think a lot of people had him going there. Obviously, we did in our mock as well. There was some talk about them either trading out or getting a defensive tackle, but they made their pick uh, right there with Jeff Akuda. Now I think at four is where we all expected the draft to get interesting as well because what were the Giants going to do? We saw Dave Gettleman and his amazing setup that he had there from home, um, which I'm I'm still digging around the internet to figure out what Gettleman was doing after he made his pick. I don't know if you guys saw, but he was sitting there in his office. Everything was fine. He looked to be by himself. And then all of a sudden he started playing with a, a mask and he put a mask on. And I was like... Is he trying to cover the camera from his lips because he's talking to somebody out loud and he doesn't want his lips being read and he's a low-key genius? Or has he been sitting there the whole time in his office by himself with not much interaction and then all of a sudden decided, you know what, I should put a mask on. This is probably probably a good idea. So that was interesting. There were, There were a few interesting things. Uh, going on in the background of things during the draft right now, last night. 
I don't know how many of you guys caught Frozone um, or what probably was Frozone 20 years ago. Uh, there was a somebody in, I guess, a costume that was sitting behind Mike Brabel at the Titans uh, basement, war room, whatever you want to call it. That was interesting. And then, of course, you had the young lady who was sitting next to C.D. Lamb. And the internet went crazy because while he was sitting on the couch, um, he was on one phone, and I guess he had a secondary phone, and she grabbed it to try to go through his phone, and then he snatched it back, and internet sleuths within five minutes found out who she was and looked her up and was going crazy over her trying to go through his phone. And you could actually feel the tension in the room. Uh, this young lady that was sitting next to him seemed like she was not happy at the moment. You know, I, I can only speculate as to maybe some ex texted him and said, hey, good luck with the draft tonight. I don't know what happened, but they looked like they had gotten into some sort of um, altercation and uh, she was not a happy camper. So that, that was interesting. Um, but again, we get past four with the Giants making their pick with the tackle. I think everyone knew if they stuck that they were going to take a tackle. Maybe not specifically Andrew Thomas, but we knew it would be a tackle. And uh, then at five. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select. Here comes the Miami Dolphins, and you know what? They did the right fucking thing. They did the right thing. They took their guy, they took Tua, and they said, listen, we've got three first-round picks. If, God forbid, he doesn't work out, we didn't give up the farm, we didn't trade three number ones overall to this guy, yes, we know there's some risk, we feel confident about it, but he's too good of a talent for us to pass up. And then at six, you had the Chargers jumping in on Justin Herbert, which I had tweeted out a, a link yesterday to an interview he had with uh, Pat McAfee on his podcast as well, which if you don't listen to that podcast, amazing podcast, should check it out. Um, but really interesting interview with Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm starting to actually come around to the camp that he could be a very good quarterback in this league. I think that... You know, he's he's not Joe Burrow, he's not Tua, but having said that, I think that he's he's got the tools and the assets to be something great, and it just depends on the talent they put around him, the coaching that they put around him, so we'll see uh, what happens there in L.A. 
for the Chargers. So I'm not going to run through every single uh, one of the picks from last night, but you know, I think as far as talking about surprises, there were some that jumped up that shocked some people. I think Henry Ruggs going to the Raiders was a surprise to some because Jerry Judy was still on the board. You had C.D. Lamb still on the board. So thinking that Ruggs was going to jump off first. But when you really look at it, it is a prototypical Raiders pick. It's an old school Al Davis pick. He came in, he wanted to break John Ross's record for the 40. He didn't do that, but he came very close. I believe he ran a 4 um, The guy just flies. And oddly enough, it was uh, MJ Acosta who, when they were doing the NFL media mock draft, she was responsible for the Raiders uh, making those picks. And she actually pegged Henry Ruggs to the Raiders, I want to say, a week ago. So uh, hats off to MJ uh, and her intuition there. And as as she explained, and, and I'm with her, it is a very old school Al Davis pick. They, they love speed, and Gruden's going to get a hold of that speed. And um, we'll see what happens there. And then from there, I think another move that maybe shocked some, but not necessarily everybody, was Jordan Love going to the Packers. Now, obviously, our very own Uncle Jay mocked that. He had that down all the way, and he was calling it all night. He said the Packers are going to come up, and if you listen to our last podcast, he even went in depth and explained the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, that's what happened when Aaron Rodgers took a fall, and all of a sudden the Packers were like, well, hell, we're going to take this guy. We can't pass up on this talent. And then he sat there behind Brett Favre until finally it was Aaron's time. So it's funny because Aaron Rodgers, I think, was hoping desperately for a little bit of help on the offensive side of the ball but um we'll see how that all plays out with that dynamic between him and now I mean Aaron Rodgers just basically got Aaron Rodgers so now they've got Jordan Love who's gonna sit there behind Aaron Rodgers and hopefully learn from one of the best to do it but um like I said uh J-Man had that all the way and and mocked the Packers trying to snag him and and they did that's what ended up happening last night dallas cowboys america's team there's another one that you thought for sure they were going to take a replacement for byron jones you thought a cornerback was gonna come off but no they went wide receiver there were a, a few teams that just definitely either went away from what their perceived biggest need was or they just kind of abandoned the situation altogether the patriots was another one that we were sitting there thinking, is this the Jalen Hurts pick coming at quarterback in the first round? But they actually traded back. They traded out of the first round, so they picked up a second and a third round pick for trading out of their first round selection. Now, Jalen Hurts is another one that is still on the board. There's quite a few good players that are still on the board. Tons of talent there. In my opinion, the Two best safeties are still on the board, starting with Xavier McKinney from Alabama. I think that I thought for sure the Cowboys or the Dolphins or somebody with a defensive need there would have taken him. The Dolphins actually, with their last pick, took a cornerback, which was surprising to me. Um, I know that they think he can fill in in the slot and they can have 
him, Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones on the other side just locking down the defense. Um, but I thought for sure they were going to try to get Bobby McCain out of safety and bring him up. So that's where I thought maybe a, a safety pick was uh, a selection that they might go with late in the first round. But again, lots of talent there. You still have DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. There's a lot of talent left on this board going into the second day. So I think it's really going to be interesting to see who sits and waits to see what falls to them or who gets a little bit aggressive and moves up. Uh, There were a couple of moves last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded with the 49ers to move up one pick and they gave up a fourth round pick I believe it was just to move up one selection which is amazing by John Lynch and the 49ers if you're going to get the guy that you want anyway and you can just move back one spot and pick up an extra fourth round pick that's huge Uh, the Dolphins traded back from 26 to 30 and they picked up a third round in that process as well so I think that you know, as it stands, if the Dolphins were to make every single one of their picks without packaging anything else, they would have 15 total picks in this draft. In any event, another announcement that was made last night was that the 2021 NFL Draft will return to Las Vegas. So the people who missed out, all the beautiful babies, they'll be able to attend the 2021 NFL Draft in Vegas. So happy for the city of Las Vegas and really can't wait for them to finish that stadium because I think that that might be the first thing that has a chance to actually rival Jerry World uh, out in Dallas. You know another one of my favorite things about the draft is the fan reaction videos. A few of you guys have actually tagged us and sent me a bunch of the reaction videos especially around uh, Tua and some of the other picks and I think they're hilarious. They're amazing. I actually, myself, when Tua was announced, I ran out of the room, knocked furniture over, broke some furniture in a wall. Not intentionally, but it just kind of happened. It was a collateral damage type of situation. But I love the reaction videos that you guys are sending, so keep sending those in. Tell you guys a funny story that happened to me this morning was uh, my father actually called me asked me how the draft went last night and you know to understand my father my father is the sweetest human being on the entire planet but he is not a big football person he tries very very hard but he doesn't you know understand a lot of the game and he doesn't understand how a lot of the process works um he was never really into football as he was younger but obviously I'm into football so he makes a extreme effort uh, because I'm his son and, and he likes to try to follow my passions as well so I spoke to him this morning and he asked me how the draft went and I said good it went pretty good you know he said did you get anybody that you were really excited about I said yeah we got Tua and he says oh no didn't Tui he called him Tui didn't Tui go uh, somewhere else? Did you guys get Burrow or somebody like that? I said, no, we got we got Tua Tungavailoa. Like, you know, we got the quarterback that we wanted. And he said, oh, are they going to put him on the offensive side? And I said, well, you know, he plays quarterback. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be on offense. And he's like, oh, okay, hold on a second. Let me grab my notes. 
And so then he, he grabs some papers and he says, oh yeah, isn't he the guy who had the hip problem and the ankle surgeries, but he also threw for 87 touchdowns and like 11 interceptions. And I said, yep, that's the one. And he goes, yeah, he's he's going to be good. They need to protect him, though. You know, do you think that uh, Jackson is, is a good guy to uh, protect the offensive line there? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my father becomes Mel Kuyper Jr. with seven pages of statistics that he wrote down and everything as he was watching the draft last night and I guess he made it up until maybe three picks before the end of the first round before he passed out uh, sometime around midnight last night but you know that's that's the level of of love and dedication that that my father has is he is not a sports fan in any way shape or form he is not a football person but you know what? He understands my passion and my love and obsession for football. He was the person who took me and bought me my, my first football card, my Dan Marino card, when I was like seven years old. So, you know, shout out to Pops for always supporting my passions and everything I do. But uh, I just thought it was amazing, his notes and his statistics and everything he had scribbled down from watching the the draft last night. And I think that also speaks to the production level of what the NFL was able to accomplish last night. I think that one of the big things the NFL has tried to do over the years is bring in younger fans to the sport, to bring in outside fans to the sport, whether it's women, whether it's uh, people who aren't necessarily big football fans. They do a lot to try to explain things and make things watchable to those who aren't necessarily as fanatical as the rest of us. So the fact that they're playing all these videos and showing you highlights and they're giving you statistics and they're explaining why this person is a good fit for a team and why this coach felt this way or why this trade was made. I think it's great as an educational tool no matter what age you are and it really helps you understand. You know, my mother's kind of the same way. She has only become into football as the religion through myself and my stepfather and watching it every single weekend um, for the past 30 plus years of her life. So I think as she's able to understand the game more, obviously it's more interesting to her. So another, you know, just great attempt by the NFL to bring more people in. And again, the production level last night was was really good I, I really was surprised at how well they did with everything um, you know one of the things that I wanted to get into in the today's show is uh, mock drafts so I've long since said that again mock drafts are the dumbest thing in the world because none of the experts none of them even get a a third of these mock drafts correct so it's something that again if you want to do for fun that's great we obviously did one just because the j-man always out predicts these experts and i think it's hilarious and i think he should also be working for an nfl team so nfl teams we got receipts all the way back to 2017 so i can show you him out mocking everybody else on the planet um but 
I went ahead and I pulled up the final drafts, the mock drafts from Mel Kuyper Jr., Daniel Jeremiah. I'm still trying to dig up everybody else's so I can do a full comparison. I will have that for you uh, by Sunday when J-Man is actually scheduled to come back on the show and do a draft wrap-up with us. But just at a quick glance, I can tell you, and this is no disrespect or no uh, attack on Mel Kuyper Jr., Daniel Jeremiah, or anybody who does these mock drafts, because again, it's very difficult. You're dealing with 32 basically separate corporations that have their own ideas and their own concepts and scheme fits and things they want to do, and all of those people are relying on what happens ahead of you, and it only takes one guy to screw up the entire draft. Doing a mock draft is damn near impossible, and no one's ever going to get even half or a third of it right, but you try to at least gauge what team needs are and everything so that you know where your guys are going to fall and where you can plan to trade up if you have to, etc., so again, just want to put that out there that I'm not attacking any of these guys who've done these mock drafts, but I just want to show just how good uh, Uncle Jay is at picking these drafts. So uh, we'll start with Mel Kuyper Jr. Mel Kuyper Jr. had six direct hits last night, so obviously he called Burrow and Chase Young, which pretty much everybody else did as well. He did, in his final mock draft, switch uh, Tua and Justin Herbert to their correct spot. So he had Tua pegged at the Dolphins and Justin Herbert to the Chargers. And then he had Mackay Becton going at 11 as well. And then his last correct pick was Patrick Queen to the Ravens. So Mel Kuyper Jr. again ended up with six direct hits last night in the first round of the mock draft. Now DJ's mock draft, Daniel Jeremiah, had eight direct hits. So he had a really, really good mock draft. Um, he got Burrow, Young, and Akuda, the first three right off the board. He also had Becton, nailed him at his spot. He had Austin Jackson going to the Dolphins, and he also had Kaysong uh, going to the Jaguars. He also had Patrick Queen to the Ravens, and then he had Isaiah Wilson to the Tennessee Titans. So excellent draft for DJ there. Uh, eight direct hits is very solid. That's 25% of the mock, which is really, really good. Um, Uncle Jay had nine, nine direct hits. So he did a fantastic job, as always. He had Burrow, Young, and Akuda, the first three off the board. He did have a tackle at four going to the Giants, but he chose Becton, which I asked him, in our, in our last conversation, if he was worried about Becton falling because of the uh, failed drug test, I guess you could say he had a diluted sample. So I thought that might make him slide because if he ha would have had a different tackle in that spot, then he would have had 10. But So he missed on the tackle at 4. He did have 2 at 5, Herbert at 6. He had Derek Brown at 7. Um, he also had uh, Jedrick Willis going at 10 to the Browns. He had Kaysan as well going to the Jags at 20. And then again, he had Jordan Love. He saw that all day with the Packers coming up to grab Jordan Love. So J-Man had nine direct hits, which is an excellent mock draft. He had several that he was one off on where those players ended up getting picked. 
And there were even a few players that are still technically on the board, which I wouldn't be surprised, still go to the original team that Justin had mocked them to. So uh, great job by J-Man. I'm looking forward to having him come on the show Sunday and give us his entire draft recap. And we'll go over team grades and everything else like that. I hope you guys really enjoyed the first night of the draft. We're looking forward to the second night. And if you didn't know, I really hope that you guys are following us on Twitter at RegulatorsPod because I am going to buy somebody an NFL jersey at the end of this draft. So we are doing a contest giveaway right now where I will buy you a jersey for any NFL team, any NFL player. You want to customize it. Whatever you want, I am going to get it for you. Whatever size you need, I am going to get it for you. So we are having a contest right now on our Twitter page. So you can find the post. All you have to do is tag five friends in the post, retweet it, make sure you're following us, and we are going to give that away. We will actually do it Sunday on the podcast. We will announce the winner of the contest. So if you're looking for a free, fresh and clean NFL jersey, maybe your team just took somebody in that first round last night that you want to get their jersey and have that right away, well, come to our Twitter page and join in on this contest. So we really appreciate all the love, all the messages that I'm getting from you guys. Uh, We have a lot more special guests lined up. We're going to have a lot of people coming on the show shortly. It's really been a lot of fun doing this. Please interact with us on Twitter. I'm trying every day and night to respond to every single comment that I possibly can. If there's things you want us to talk about on the show or questions you have, questions you have for guests that have been on the show, please reach out to us on Twitter at RegulatorsPod. And we hope you guys enjoy night two of the draft. Again, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, all of the above. Shout out to all my regulators out there doing their thing. You know how we do this. Regulators! Regulators!